when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. And as my, as the head football coach at South Carolina, my job is to do what I feel is best for the University of South Carolina football program today and going forward in the future. And that's what I did. We wish him well and uh, have nothing but uh, 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 we, we wish him well. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> I thought you fired me today, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone oh. left standing on the Rocky Top, Shane? Ten people fired, but the uh, good news is neither one of us uh, included there. You know what? Damn, fired on a day off, you know, that's the worst, I think. I, You know, I'd rather get fired on like a Monday. You know, you get there, but, you know, you get I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Mike, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. There's a lot of news coming out of East Tennessee with the Rocky Top. we got mm-hmm. another coach search kicking off, and you know how the last one ended. It was an absolute nightmare. So we're. I am curious where, where we go from here, Mike. Yeah, and I got a – man, I had a whole – Solid list of topics to hit <laughs> around the SEC, but the news, big news drop. So, you know, this is basically going to be exclusive SEC, Jer- or excuse me, Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt podcast. We've got a terrific interview lined up here with Mark Nagy. You can follow him at Mark Nagy on Twitter, the author of Decade of Dysfunction. We'll get to that here in a bit, but uh, and we got to start with the big news, Shane. I mean, we all heard the rumblings and <laughs> Pruitt out, no chance Pruitt come back. And then last week, Kevin Steele's hired. And since we've hopped on, Big Cat Brian, all SEC defender from Auburn, he's got one year left to play. He's coming to Tennessee. Austin Pope, the tight end who jumped in the portal, announced, hey, I'm coming back. You know, we can't leave Tennessee like this. Getting all this news, so... Hell, I was here and it looked like Jeremy Pruitt was out, but all this news, I was like, there's no chance, right? He's coming back. <laughs> Boom, hits like a bombshell. So people want to know the Tennessee homer. Initial reaction, Shane, to not only is uh, Jeremy Pruitt out, but uh, certainly sounds like some major, major sanctions coming to Tennessee. And uh, Kevin Steele, who, like I said, got there a, a week ago, is now the interim head coach of the Tennessee Vols. 
Well, I, I think there's steps for this thing, you know? It's like, yeah, I don't know what stage I'm in right now, but the first one was just, I couldn't believe it. When I first heard it, honestly, I ain't gonna lie, Mike, it came from you. I thought it was another prank. For, for the listeners, Mike got me yesterday saying Pruitt was fired, but then he, what, how did the rest of the, the message go? <laughs> I believe I texted you, Pruitt fired. And then everybody, you know, in the text thread jumps like, what, 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 what? And then I said, fired up to finish a weekend strong. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was like, so he goes, I don't understand why that text didn't go all the way through. So then I get it again today. Of course, you know, fool me once, shame on you or me. or I don't know how that saying goes. Anyway, but the second time, shame on me. And that's the thing, Mike. I was like, I'm not falling for this again. But then, man, my phone started blowing up and it i mean everybody i want to tell you a lot of listeners reaching out they want to know if i'm going to be coaching next year if i'm going to take the ad job and and hell i'm just trying to wrap my my brain around what's going on here because uh how many did we end up firing today mike yeah so tennessee has come out and confirmed 10 firings on monday now they've only named three of them pruitt of course Mm -hmm. has been let go assistant coach brian niedemeyer 2019 Recruiter of the year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe the next time we get a uh, 20, what is he, like 24-year-old, never coached at any major level, and he turns mm. around as National Recruiter of the Year, we might know something's up because that's what uh, happened there with Brian Niedemeyer. And then uh, outside linebackers coach Shelton Felton, mm-hmm. who they got uh, just a couple of years ago. He was coaching, a high school coach in, I believe, Georgia. Tennessee hired him as a low-level assistant. Then he went to Akron. Now he's back at Tennessee. Of course, now he's gone. So all <laughs> three of those guys fired. And here's the key, Shane. Tennessee has made this explicit. Fired for cause, which means mm-hmm. the investigation they had, they turned out that uh, you know rules were broken. The chancellor has come out. She's not given the full context of uh, the violations how many there are or anything like that but she said level one that's key and level two level one is the most serious and you know i don't want to get too far out in front of myself here shane but i we're looking at uh, postseason bowl bans scholarship Mm -hmm. reductions and all this that's that's uh that's how this thing always ends up when you got level one violations and a and a damn coach getting fired all right, Mike. Okay, so stage two for Shane is I start like cons- get I go in this conspiracy theory mode, you know, and I'm like every everybody knows that everybody's cheating, you know, and it's like these guys just got reckless with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not, and I'm not saying that everybody has bag men, you know. I I'm not saying that. I'm not saying everybody has a brand new charger. It has nothing to do with that, Mike. I'm just saying. <laughs> That we all know that behind the scenes there's some there's some funny business going on. So now I don't think the now this is just this is my brain. This is no reports. So <laughs> nothing came out. All right. So this is I, I'm not reporting this. What I'm saying is my mind is thinking. Okay, when a chancellor sees these little hiccups that we've done in recruiting. You know, once they do it, they are, of course, blown away. They can't believe it. I understand that. 
But then part of me is like, well, they're also looking for a show cause, Mike, because they don't want to pay, you know, Pruitt. Mm. Uh, he's, he's owed $12 million. And if you could, it's like you want to find a sting that hurts enough, but doesn't kill the program, but you can save some money and move on because you kind of want a clean break. We just, you got to remember, we just got finished paying Bush Jones. In fact, the, the, his final check goes out to, uh, next week, I think. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's like we just got off the hook for one guy, and now we're going to be on the one for another. I think they wanted Pruitt out, but it was like damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it almost felt like it was a, a behind-the-door conspiracy thing. And you kind of look at Auburn, similar situation it felt like, you know. It was like it was like freaking Rome down there, you know. You know, Caesar's going to get killed, and there's like – I don't know how all the history works, but you know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. like – all these these little things going on behind the scenes. So now you go back to Tennessee, and and, and I'm thinking, Mike, all right, go with me here a second. All right, mm-hmm. one second. I'm getting Mel Gibson on you here. Mm. Okay, so Coach Steele coming up. I, I This is the part that blew my mind, okay? We got him getting hired, not just coming up, not just coming up and hanging out in Knoxville, getting a job, Mike. And as a defensive coordinator, he comes up here. Then we start getting a big cat coming up here. All right, man. Things are looking good. They're heading out. You got Coach Steele heading out to California to meet Toto and and, and get him back on board. You know, we got Pope, like you said, coming back. Middleton tweeting out these things, you know, that the the program's back. So in the back of your mind, you're like, hell yeah. All right, we're going to do this. You know, there's no way Pruitt's going to get fired. All this stuff's happening. We're moving in this direction. But then all of a sudden, there's a firing, which then makes me think that this whole steel thing was a big conspiracy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause you got to remember Jimmy Sexton's involved in everything. And, and it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if there's a list that could tell you who's the, the, uh, who's, who's got coach Steele in the books, but I, I wouldn't blow my mind if it was Jimmy. And then we're working out some sort of manipulative thing here. And now we've got coach Steele. So it felt like this was a plan all along. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? You're crazy, Shane. Cause uh... okay, should I take my aluminum foil hat off? Because that's where I'm at right now. Well, I, I mean, uh, big... Steele's been on the job for about five days, and yeah. this investigation, from what I understand, goes back to November. So, you know, yeah, I, but I would now... look at I would look at this a lot less like Kevin Steele's doing something to, you know, play chess here to move up the board. Right. And I look at it more like, I mean, everybody knew. That uh, Pruitt was in trouble when he got when Kevin Steele arrived. Mm-hmm. I look at this more like, and I've tried to explain this on Twitter. People, Vol, Vol Twitter's already mad at me, but I look at it like Matt Luke's situation when he was at Ole Miss when Jer- when uh, Hugh Freeze got in trouble and had to be fired. Now. There was an NCAA investigation. There was a bowl ban. There were scholarship reductions. Tennessee, we've seen in, in recent seasons, not even competitive without those issues going up against the likes of Alabama, Florida, Georgia, on and on and on. It is going to be damn near impossible to re- recruit a coach into this situation until we have the NCAA issues resolved. Maybe, you know, let's hope for fans like you that there is no sanctions, that there that there's no bowl bans, no scholarship reductions. But mm-hmm. I mean we're living in fantasy land if that's what we're think 
you know, there's going to be punishment. Now, will it be tempered because they're making people pay a, a heavy price here? Or is that more just to get around the buyout? I mean, that remains to be seen. But, you know, it's a joke. People out there saying, well, hey, let's go get Matt Campbell, the Iowa State coach. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's go get Lane Kiffin. I mean, these guys are not walking into this situation anytime soon because Tennessee is at such a disadvantage. So that's why I equate it to Matt Luke, to Kevin Steele. Because you're bringing home a Tennessee guy who, yes, you know, on a, on a normal day, he's not going to be your – a candidate, but he's SEC experience all across the board. He's worked at Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. He's worked at Clemson. He's a Tennessee graduate. He uh, coached, and I don't know if he played for Johnny Majors, but he coached under him. Mm-hmm. You get someone like that, again, I'm not saying this, he's some kind of home run hire and that he's the next Philip Fulmer, but you know he's can serve as your coach until the NCAA sanctions are over and by that time, you know if he can serve as a head coach. You you know if he's a quality candidate. And if he's not, then you hire. I'm not saying Tennessee's not an attractive place. I'm saying Tennessee's not attractive right now because here's another issue, Shane. Let's say there's a two-year bowl ban. Mm-hmm. According to NCAA rules, any player on Tennessee's roster with two years experience or less, free to go. They can transfer wherever the hell they want without sitting out. And it's however many years bowl ban it is, that's the how many years eligibility you need to, to leave. So if it's one year, you know, the seniors can go without sitting out. So, again, I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself here, but if you're looking at the situation like that, I think Tennessee could do a whole lot worse than Kevin Steele, and that's why I equate it to Matt Luke. We all know Matt Luke era didn't work out for Ole Miss, but, hell, we saw how exciting Ole Miss was on the field this year. Mm-hmm. That was almost exclusively Matt Luke players. So, yeah, if you get a guy in there that believes in the program, loves the program, is going to bust his ass for the program, Kevin Steele's your man, maybe just for a year or two. And if so, by some miracle he wins eight or nine or ten games, then then he stays. If not, then you bring in a guy once uh, you know all the penalties are done. And here's the deal, Mike. Okay, I'm gonna just if if you hired me as an athletic director, and I come in University of Tennessee, and I want to stay there. My my goal, I mean, when you get to that that level at an SEC program, that's it, man. You know, there's there's just there's not too many schools above that that you're. I'm not saying Tennessee's the top, but you know what I'm saying. It's it's one thing to come from Eastern Carolina. Uh, to a Tennessee job, but when you land that spot, I want to stay there for a while. So when I get there, this is, I mean, it's just, it's just sales 101, man. You want to sell yourself and you want to, you want to sell your capabilities uh, with your hires. So why, why hire anybody when you got coach Steele right there making, not making that much money, get me to, like you said, through these sanctions, which are definitely going to be coming down. Um, I, 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 I'm telling you right now, coach Steele, is going to be our head coach for at least two more years. Now, that's not a bad thing. I mean, Phil Fulmer, you know, he he was on the staff before he got a head coach. Dabo, you know, we, we make fun of him all the time. But he, he wasn't, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I mean. Coach O, he was the, in interim as well. Co- absolutely. There's been a lot of successful interns. Interns. Uh, well, I guess they are. I guess that's what you'd consider a coach, you know, just temporary head coaches 
that were very successful. Now, if they're not successful, I bought myself some time. I got two years. I got the sanctions behind me. Now, you know, I'm I'm selling a university that that's that's primed and ready to go. So I I think that's why when I I saw this whole Coach Steele thing going in, even though the timing doesn't make sense, really, it it, it did feel a little like this was planned. I, I call me crazy, but I just I, I think there there was some sort of agenda when all this came out. Mm-hmm. But I, I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But it just that's just that's just how I feel, man. Now, I really don't want to p- poke fun of uh, Philip Fulmer here because if you missed the presser, you know, it seemed like he was in a, I don't want to say pain, that may not be the right word, but you could tell all this news, you know, has really affected him. He looked kind of just devastated, I guess is the proper mm-hmm. term. You know, that he loves Tennessee more than just about anybody. This is his guy. Uh, they made it very clear that Fulmer is not involved in any of these, uh, you know, allegations, but he's out as AD. And just a little bit of humor here. He was asked, how will the Jeremy Pruitt tenure at Tennessee be remembered? And Fulmer said about the worst possible thing you could say. Uh, well, when you look back at the last three years, how are you, how do you think um, Jeremy Pruitt's tenure is going to be remembered here? We found the program, you know, in, in, in quite a, a mess at the, at the time. Um, I think we definitely have upgraded uh, the program in general, uh, relationships on campus, um, relationships period, uh, certainly the recruiting uh, has been, uh, it's been good. Um, we just fired the guy from <laughs> recruit violations. Of course, the recruiting's been good. I mean, hell, they've been paying guys. And like you said, hell, they pay him everywhere. I mean, you, you don't want to go out there and say it, but I'll say it. I mean, they got in trouble for, uh, you know, recruiting a guy that is at Georgia now. So yeah. are, are we to think that, uh, Mims took money from Tennessee and then it turned around and was like, I'll go play for Georgia for free. I mean, that's not the way it works. <laughs> I don't want him to be ineligible or anything, but come on, let's use common sense here. Right. And hell, maybe Dan Patrick was right. You know, remember it wasn't that long ago. He said, Tennessee's getting hit big time. Georgia's next. Mm-hmm. I certainly hope for uh, Georgia's sake, that's not the case. I'm sticking with Georgia to be the pick in the East and probably the pick in the SEC. So I'm not putting bad mojo on them, but I don't know. It's got to come together, like he said, a little bit here. But they're not looking, man. That's the thing. They Boosters, it, it, it feels like, man, there's a lot of people that want to prove it out. Right. Okay? There's a lot of people that were done. There's boosters that were, that were over him. And it just feels like that the right phone calls were made to start this investigation to begin with. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I mean, there's been several people that have come out and said that there is a fox in the hen house. Mm-hmm. Some that we got a we got a whistler. I've heard and, that as well. Yeah, so that's that's what happened is somebody instigated this, started this investigation, and if you dig deep into any university in the college football realm, you're going to find dirt, you're going to find problems, you're going to find show cause to get rid of a coach. But you're also opening up a can of worms because here we got Mims, like you said, down here in Georgia. 
you, to think that he just went to Athens to play for free because he loves the University of Georgia, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. But you're also crazy if you think that they're going to do as much digging as the University of Tennessee did because they are not wanting to fire Kirby Smart. Maybe they are, but I doubt it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I, I, I doubt there will be as, as, as many serious allegations coming out of Athens. So it, it just – I don't know. This was sloppy to begin with. And and one of the things I was afraid about Pruitt when he came in was his disconnect with authority. And, and it feels like that is part of the problem here. You've got a coach that loves to win and will do anything to win. Yeah. I love that as a Tennessee fan, you know what? You got caught cheating. I don't care. I, I the, the, the thing I hate is that we sucked while we were cheating. Yeah, you know it's like <laughs> only damn, team you know? ever to uh, to cheat this much and and win three games. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if, if I if we came, I I don't mind. I don't mind winning national championships and then you taking the trophy from me three years later. I don't care because I was at the national championship game, so I'm one of those cats. I don't I don't care because I know it happens. But what I care about is. You got a coach that kind of created this problem, and, and I guarantee it was from his bullheadness, and he's pissed off some people along the way, and that's why we've got the whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pruitt <laughs> did it to himself, you know. And that's just the more I think about it, I, it's just it's it's like you can almost see the puppet masters here at work. This thing was so damn sloppy. You can see the people that are at play here. Now you've got a you got a, a committee out of it. Uh, where are they? Where are they from? What's this committee that's picking our next AD? Uh, that I don't know. Yeah, they but just apparently put one Fulmer, together. Apparently, Fulmer is going to be somewhat involved in that. I don't, I don't know if he if he generally will or not. But he says if the chancellor, you know, has him as part of that, he will. But clearly, they're they're kind of pushing him out, and they they really tried to pu- push during this press conference. Fulmer's not involved. Fulmer, you know, is a great guy and all this. And yeah, I'm not trying to you know, that go down on him. But uh, I I think clearly they're just trying to protect his legacy as, uh, you know, his fire was just, has just turned to be a disaster. Well, and let's be honest, man. Let's be realist here. Fulmer got the the head coaching job by being in the right place at the right time and forcing his way into it. Mm -hmm. You know, he got the AD job very similar. There was a lot of people that didn't want him to have that, but we were, we were a laughingstock, man. People, People were, we were national attention, and that's not what they want out of this situation. So I guarantee they came up to Phil. I, I, Phil doesn't want to walk away from this thing, and he can come out and say these damn stories that this was a process and I wanted to step away with the right time. No, you know, he doesn't got kicked out of the university once. He didn't want to get kicked out again, <laughs> but at least he can do it gracefully this time, it feels like, you know. So it's just, it's, it's a hot mess. You know, it's one thing to lose a coach, but it's another to lose an AD and a coach. I don't know if that's ever happened. Uh, leave it to University of Tennessee to be the first pioneers of that, <laughs> volunteering for that tribute. So we'll see how this thing plays out, Mike. But it's 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 the the worst thing that Tennessee can do right now is rush anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. I, I think they do need to spend more time looking for the AD. You got coach still in place. Is he sexy? Absolutely not. But he knows how to coach defense. He knows how to recruit. And I don't want to hold Baylor against him either. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Mike, if I'm working at Mercedes, at a Mercedes dealership, and mm-hmm. you're down here selling Ford 
Focuses. That's it. You can't. That's the only car you can sell on your car lot is a Ford Focus. You know who's going to make more money? I'm going to make more money over here at the Mercedes. So you know what I'm saying. So I'm, right. I'm comparing the universities of Baylor and, and and Tennessee. If you're not keeping up with me there, as as a Ford Focus, Baylor, and a Mercedes dealership, Tennessee. So now he's here. He's got something to recruit to. He's got a lot of sexy. Um, you know, I mean, we've we've spent millions and millions of dollars on these. Uh, I, everybody in the SEC has, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's Mac Daddy what we got going on up here. It's not it's it's easier to sell recruits to the University of Tennessee than it is the University of Baylor. So who knows? This may be the guy. We may look back here four years ago and say, "Damn, you know Auburn missed it. They missed big time." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we got a hell of a coach, and we got him for cheap for the first few years. So uh, I, I'm I'm trying to spin this in a positive look, Mike. You know, we got a guy. And, and say what you want, he was able to get a lot of fantastic talent down there to the plane. So um, I'm going to give him a shot, man. Yeah, and uh, for any obvious question here, you know, Tennessee fans are probably going to be wondering, what about this uh, hotshot Texas quarterback, Caden Salter, just played in the Texas 6A state championship game. Mm-hmm. Now he, he signed and everything, and – They'll probably let him out of it if he requests it. But uh, here on Monday, he said he's locked in. He's, you know, sticking with his commitment. So, <laughs> Pruitt's check already cleared. So we're good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they, I, the rest of the SEC is not going to, uh, you know, they're going to roll their eyes at this. But uh, if you get the right coach in there and you get the right quarterback, that's those are the two keys to success. So maybe yeah. that's the guy. The podcast is also presented by MyBookie. It's that time of the year when the NFL playoffs are on, champions are crowned, legends are born in the NFL playoffs. Head on over to MyBookie. Get you some bets in on some NFL playoff action. They got props, parlays, all that good stuff. You heard the name just about everywhere. MyBookie, the industry leader in online sports gambling they got it all over at my bookie visit their mobile friendly website today and get your deposit matched all the way up to a thousand bucks using the promo code that sec that's t-h-a-t-s-e-c over at mybookie.net whenever you make your first deposit the best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit instantly including credit card bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more, head on over to MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. The podcast is also sponsored by Justin Hamilton over at the federalsavingsbank.com. Head on over there, talk to Justin, make sure you let him know the guys over at That SEC Podcast sent you. There's no better time than now to refinance or buy a home with interest rates lower than ever. Hit up our guy Justin over at the Federal Savings Bank. And this is a guy that uh, actually saved Cousin Joe over $400 a month on his mortgage. If you got any questions at all about Justin Hamilton and what he can do for you at the Federal Savings Bank, he's licensed in all 50 states to help you out. Reach out to us. More than happy to answer any question you got. We've also put a link to Justin's website at thefederalsavingsbank.com in the show notes. So head on down there, reach out to Justin if you're looking to buy a home or refinance your home. And again, make sure to tell him the guys from that SEC podcast sent you. He'll hook you up. 
Hey, we've spilled on long enough here, Shane. Let's get to our interview here with Mark Nagy, longtime Tennessee writer, the author of The Decade of Dysfunction. Can't recommend it enough to our Tennessee listeners. Really great insight here, and he shares his thoughts on everything that's going on at Tennessee. All right, we're pleased now to be joined by Mark Nagy, and you can follow him, of course, at Mark Nagy on Twitter. He's the author of The Decade of Dysfunction. I mean, he literally wrote the book on what uh, what's going on up there on Rocky Top and all the dysfunction that's been since uh, Philip Fulmer left. He writes for Saturday Down South, his new column, The Prevailing Thought, after Jeremy Pruitt's firing. It was supposed to be different this time. Thanks for joining us, Mark. I really, really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to this. This is great. So my first question right off the bat here, how deep are you into the sequel to Decade of Dysfunction? (laughs) Well, I decided that this time around, I'm going to write it as it goes along. That way I don't pop up at the end of the 2027 season and just have to bang it out in a couple of months. I think that those are 120 hour weeks and that's just too much. So this time around, I'm just going with it as each day goes on. And certainly over the past 30 days or so, we've, we've, had, a, we've had a lot of content. So it, there's never a, uh, never a boring time at Tennessee. So yeah, the, the sequel should be out in spring of 2028. So make sure that you all put a, uh, put a, put a reminder in your phone calendars. Yeah, and I can't recommend this book more. I know we've got a lot of Tennessee listeners to the podcast. I put the link to the Amazon posting for Decade of Dysfunction to make it easier for you guys to find. But again, like I said, I cannot recommend that enough. And we're currently living through the second decade. So, uh, you know, another question, can Tennessee, can they dig themselves out of this hole? I mean, we all know what Tennessee was in the 90s. That's, you know, when you were at school there. And um, I don't know, do you just ever see it getting back to that after just so much dysfunction? Well, you know, forever is a long time. And it's really hard to say what's going to happen 10, 20 years from now, but look at a lot of those programs that had success for long stretches of time. It it doesn't last forever. Um, I mean, Nebraska is kind of in the the same boat as Tennessee was, you know, dominant programs in the nineties and into the early two thousands. And since then it's just been a, you know, just wandering the, the desert I mean, even Alabama was kind of in the abyss for a while until they got lucky and were able to hire Nick Saban. I mean, think about it. What would that program be if Rich Rodriguez had taken that job as he was supposed to? Sometimes it's a matter of good timing. When you have a coaching opening, when you have coaches that are available, sometimes it's just a matter of luck. And so far since the end of the 2008 season, after Phil Fulmer was fired, Tennessee has had very little luck and uh, it's, it's just continued to pile on and pile on, which makes the next hire obviously extremely important. And it just makes that next hire, makes that individual's job even, even tougher. Well, speaking of that next hire, that kind of leads into my next question. Uh, Obviously we all know by now, Jeremy Pruitt fired, for cause, according to Tennessee, due to the uh, internal investigation there up to uh, regarding alleged recruiting violations. And does the fact that uh, Tennessee, you know, certainly looks like they're going to be going out of their way not to pay Jeremy Pruitt his full buyout. We don't, still don't have the full details of, of all what's going on there. But, you know, if they fight to not pay that buyout, does that hurt them, in your opinion, in the next coaching search? 
Uh, uh, perhaps. I, I think that what you're going to end up having happening is that there's going to be a, a meeting in the middle between Jeremy Pruitt and his lawyers and his agent, Jimmy Sexton, and Tennessee's administration. I remember a few years ago when Florida dispatched uh, Jim McElwain, mm-hmm. and they had reason to fire him from cause. And instead of having a long, drawn-out process, they met in the middle, and they gave him half of that buyout. That kept that whole story out of the news. It was really a small price to pay to not have that negative PR. I think that if Tennessee is smart, they are not going to fight this as long to have this just continually be in the news. I I remember that there were so many lawsuits during the Dave Hart era at Tennessee when he was the athletic director, and so many of those could have been uh, settled very early on. Instead, Dave Hart, who was a, quote, likes to fight guy, end quote, he wanted to fight all of these things. And Tennessee still ended up having to pay millions. So sometimes it's just the smart thing to cut your losses. Tennessee has had a lot of losses right now. Uh, I, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the weeks and months to come. But I would be stunned if Jeremy Pruitt just goes quietly into the night and says, nope, I don't need any of that 12 plus million dollar buyout. I think that they'll fight and Tennessee would be wise to try to get this thing settled as quickly as possible. Now, I know it's very early in the process, but uh, are you hearing anything on just the violations? And, you know, it's probably way too early to even ask you about, uh, you know, repercussions and sanctions and and bull ban and anything like that. But, uh, you know, Tennessee's come out and, and suggested level one, level two violations are are you hearing anything behind the scenes on what exactly that in, internal investigation found? Everything that I'm hearing, to be quite honest with you, hasn't been confirmed by multiple sources. So the last thing that I would want to do is throw something out there without uh, you know, multiple folks telling me that that's exactly what had happened. But certainly if the chancellor is popping up on a press conference and is trying to you know, burn the Pruitt Bridge before he even gets off of campus officially, uh, that shows you it was pretty bad. Uh, they don't just throw those type of things out there with it without you know, those investigations coming up with something that was not ideal. I've been saying for weeks that Pruitt was going to be back in 2021. The only way he wasn't going to be back was if something serious came from the internal investigation. And by the events of today, January 18th, I think it's pretty safe to say that something fairly serious has come out. So I think you're looking at uh, preemptive bowl bans. I think that that's something that Tennessee would be wise to do. I think you'd probably be looking at scholarship limitations. So th- this is the type of thing. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Now, I assume uh, maybe you didn't have time. Maybe you did. But uh, if you watched the, the press conference there with uh, on Monday, Philip Fulmer and the chancellor and the president. But uh, for anybody that missed it, Philip Fulmer, he didn't he didn't look too good to me. I mean, it we all know how much he loves Tennessee and a, just my opinion, it looked like he was very hurt by all this. And of course he's the one that hired Pruitt. So that probably just uh, hurts him that much more. But uh, how much do you think this, if at all hurts Philip Fulmer's legacy at Tennessee now that, uh, you know, this, this has been just a disaster. Uh, in the short term, I, I think it, it is a, another stain on, on his, uh, on his legacy. Um, I mean, Pruitt was his guy. He was giving him every opportunity to succeed. And not only did he not succeed on the field for most of his three-year tenure, but now Tennessee is in a lot of hot water because of Pruitt and the people that Pruitt hired. 
I mean, it wasn't just Pruitt getting canned today. You know, it was nine other folks on that, uh, you know, assistant coaches and support staff and, and recruiting folks. And these were all Pruitt's guys. These are all people that Pruitt hired. So I, I think it hurts Fulmer to, the, to his core that he wasn't able to turn things around. I mean, that's what he was tasked with, was to get Tennessee football back on track. And it certainly has not been back on track. I think that as time passes, people will remember more of the good stuff. Uh, they will remember the 150-plus wins and the two SEC titles and the one national championship as a coach. And I think people will honestly remember as time goes on what was going on in November of 2017. I mean, as bad as it seems like Tennessee is right now, Shiano Sunday and everything that wrapped around that was worse than it is right now. So, and Fulmer was the guy who came in and at least gave the image of calm at a time when everything was, again, worse than it is today. And that was a job that not a lot of people wanted and Fulmer took it on. And I think that we're going to, in years to come, look back at that and say, you know what, he was tasked with something that was really, really difficult. It didn't work out, but at least he was the guy there that tried to do what he could for Tennessee. I. I think that that's a problem that Tennessee's had for many years is that there were a lot of folks in positions of power in that administration and in the athletic department that had their own best interests at heart and not Tennessee's as a whole. And even though it didn't work out, I think it's difficult to say that Phil Fulmer did not have Tennessee's best interests at heart. Now, of course, Kevin Steele has been named uh, the interim coach, just hired, what was it, a week ago at Tennessee. But, uh, you know, he's a quality coach and longtime recruiter, defensive mind in the SEC, and I tried to make this point. It didn't, it's not coming across too well. I've, I've already seen on Vol Twitter, but I look at him at this point as Tennessee's version of Matt Luke, and I know, you know, nobody wants to, I shouldn't say nobody, but, you know, the vast majority of fan base does not want Kevin Steele to be the head coach of Tennessee, but the reality is with possible sanctions coming, possible bowl ban, and, and everything that lingers with that, I just don't see how Tennessee is going to be able to attract a quality candidate until all that's worked out. And I just, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime in the immediate, uh, you know, time frame here. So my question to you is, could you see that where, I'm not saying Kevin Steele's the next Philip Fulmer, but maybe he's the coach for a season or two to steady the waters. And then we find out if this guy can be a head coach. And if not, then once you're on the other side of any punishment, then Tennessee hires their version of Lane Kiffin, who's obviously at Ole Miss now. Well, remember January 2010 when Lane Kiffin bolts Tennessee unexpectedly. And Mike Hamilton, for three days, goes all over the country, he and his folks, trying to find a head coach and gets turned down left and right, left and right, left and right. And they end up giving the job to Derek Dooley, somebody who was woefully unprepared and unqualified for the position. What they should have done then at that time, especially after they were turned down multiple times by, uh, you know, Will Muschamp, uh, Troy Calhoun, guys like that, they should have given the job to Kippy Brown on that interim basis for that year. He was the interim coach for the head coach for those three days. You give the job to Kippy Brown. If he succeeds, great. If he doesn't succeed, you've at least now had a year to get your footing. And you've not made a panic hire. Instead, Tennessee made a panic hire and hired Derek Dooley. So I look to the Kevin Steele situation. 
Tennessee's not competing for a division championship next year, even if none of this stuff was going on. So what exactly are you expecting Tennessee to achieve in 2021? Give the job to Kevin Steele for 2021. If he succeeds, great. If he doesn't succeed again, you've at least had a year to get your footing, get all your ducks in a row, and you can take your time in figuring out who the next head coach is going to be. The other part of this is look at some of the names that are out there, guys who've just been fired, uh, Tom Herman, Gus Malzahn. It seems like these are some guys, at least a couple of those guys, aren't going to be head coaches in, like, in the near future. So they're spending a few months enjoying the buyout life. They're spending a few months resting, getting re-energized. They'll be ready to go when Tennessee inevitably is probably going to be looking for another head coach if it doesn't work out with Kevin Steele. So I think that that actually was, the, was a shrewd move to bring him in when they hired him. I think that was the entire time. They're like, look, if we have to fire Pruitt, we've got a former Power 5 head coach uh, on the staff ready to go. And even though he didn't succeed at Baylor, Kevin Steele's still a guy that has that experience. He's a Tennessee grad. He's a two-time Tennessee assistant coach. So he's on that Tennessee tree. I think Tennessee could be in worse. Uh, you know, anybody who's looking for the best case scenario, best case scenario has been gone for for months and months. Uh, so, so I think, but if you could, you know, having Kevin Steele there in place, I think is, is actually a, a good thing. Is he, is he the ultimate hire? Obviously not. But I think that Tennessee needs somebody like that to try to at least bring the image of stability when it appears that there is none. All right, enough of the realistic stuff. How much is it going to cost to bring Lane Kiffin home to Rocky Top? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think there's enough money for that to happen on either side. Uh, I always love the the Kiffin Kiffin line, get Lane Kiffin back to Knoxville. That will, will never ever ever happened um the the other part too is that you know because I've, I've also heard the same thing it's like well, okay well, this opens the door for Hugh Freeze now if you watch that press conference you realize that the last thing in the world that Tennessee is going to do is hire somebody with a lot of baggage with a lot of NCAA issues uh it's just not that's not going to happen so Hugh Freeze is not taking this is not getting this Tennessee job he'd he'd crawl here on broken glass to take that Tennessee gig. It's, it's just not going to happen. Tennessee is going to have to find somebody. If they have any skeletons in the closet, they've got to be buried really, really deep uh, for <laughs> folks. Don't, don't find them. So the, the Lane Kiffins, the Hugh freezes of the world, I, I they're, they're not going to be Tennessee's head coach in the near future. Well, speaking of Lane Kiffin, and I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I just want to hear what you have to say. You could probably go in any direction. But uh, which hire ended up hurting Tennessee the most? Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, or Jeremy Pruitt? That's a question that has no right answer and no wrong answer. (laughs) Um, Personally, I think it's the Kiffin hire just because everything happened after that. If you don't hire Lane Kiffin, if you hire Gary Patterson, which was a finalist when, when Kiffin got the gig, I don't think Tennessee skips much of a beat after Fulmer. Uh, Gary Patterson wasn't the, the sexy hire at that point like Lane was, but Gary, all Gary Patterson was doing was winning nine, 10 games a year. And that's all he's pretty much done since then. I mean, you look at his record and it really kind of mirrors what Phil Fulmer 
has done. And, you know, Gary Patterson now, they've got a statue of him uh, up outside the stadium at TCU. So I, I still think it's Lane only because of everything that happened after that. I know some people say, well, you know what? Well, what if Lane had stayed? Well, I think if Lane had stayed, I think Tennessee would have been close to the death penalty. Uh, that staff worked well beyond the echo of the whistle. And Tennessee was in line. If he's there for another year or two, I think that the, the violations that you're looking at with Tennessee today would be child's play compared to what the NCAA was going to dig up uh, in the early 2010s. All right, last question for you, Mark. Philip Fulmer calls you tonight and says, I just, just got done reading Decade of Dysfunction. You literally wrote the book on Tennessee's coaching searches and dysfunction in the last decade, and you're writing a sequel. What's your plan for fixing Tennessee football? Uh, that, I think that it's not something that can be done with a, with a simple hire. Uh, I think it's the type of thing that has to, there has to be a complete overhaul of that entire football complex. Um, it's just, it hasn't worked there for a long time. Uh, this last hire, it certainly hasn't worked. Uh, they've got to find a way to, you know, move this thing into the, the 2020 decade. I mean, I, I remember always looking at when Nick Saban hired Lane Kiffin and people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. You know, cause Saban hates Kiffin and I think Saban still hates Kiffin, but Saban was smart enough to realize that they weren't going to keep winning if that offense didn't change. And now you look at Alabama's offense and I mean, that isn't necessarily the way that Nick Saban wants to play. I mean, Nick Saban would be happy with 10 to seven kind of games. Uh, but, but Nick Saban likes winning a lot more than he likes his style. So the, the, the good teams, the good coaches, the good programs, the good athletic departments are the ones that evolve with the times. And, I think that Tennessee rested on their laurels for a long time. Uh, the, the fans are there. The tradition is there. The facilities are there. They pump the money in at levels basically just a little bit below Alabama. There's no excuse for Tennessee not uh, to be one of the more successful teams in the conference. So I, I think it's the type of thing that there's no easy answer to this, but they, they've got to completely overhaul that place because if you just make tiny little changes, then I think that you're going to basically have tiny little improvements, if any. All right, Mark, I really do appreciate you hopping on and dropping some knowledge. And again, I encourage all the listeners, go down to the show notes. There's a link provided. Go by Decade of Dysfunction. And we're currently living the sequel. But uh, thanks again, Mark. I really do appreciate you. Absolutely. Have a great night. All right, Chase. So there you got it from uh, Mark Nagy. thought it was really great stuff. Wanted to thank him once again for joining the show and, and bringing that knowledge. You know, what are your thoughts on that one? Oh, man, I, I love Mark. I, he's got, not only is his book great, but he's just he's a great follow on Twitter, too. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he's got some of the funniest shit he sends out. But he, he I, I'm glad you asked these, these questions, because a lot of those were the ones I was curious about, man. Um and he's a good one to follow because as soon as you hear something out of Tennessee, that's one of the few accounts that I run to first. Uh, you know, it just seems like most most of his is pretty accurate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me ask it? you the, the final question yeah. I asked him, Shane. Which hire did 
do you believe ended up hurting Tennessee the most? I'll go in order. Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, or now we can throw Jeremy Pruitt on that pile. Uh, I'm going to go with Derek Dooley. Um, I, I think he was the worst hire ever. Um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, when you can go a whole year without recruiting, I don't know, an offensive lineman. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're in the SEC and you don't need depth at offensive line? Who are you? So that was the worst hire by far. I mean, don't get me wrong. Lane did us wrong. But he put us back on the map, man. He made us, you know, he – he, we went toe-to-toe with Alabama. Uh, people weren't thinking about Tennessee as a pushover. But when when Dooley left, we were absolutely rock bottom, man. We couldn't beat Vanderbilt, for crying out loud. So mm. uh, that's – that's if I had to pick one, I'm going to go Derek Dooley. Now, Kiffin's close because he did, you know, he, he, he did cut out in the middle of the night. We, got, we can't put – I mean, there's a reason we hired Dooley. Uh, <laughs> it's because we were left with no coach, but – that's the one. That's why I'm afraid. I don't want. I don't want to rush things. And I and and maybe that's why they're doing this whole Philip Former thing so that there's not no, you know, crazy coaching hires or anything like that. Because say what you want, Pruitt was a quick hire too. As soon as Phil got in, Pruitt was on the books in no time. You know, right. so maybe maybe this was just a, you know, just to be safe. Let's just hold off and see how this thing plays out. So, yeah, Dooley, without a doubt. Yeah, no real, no real wrong answer to that one. But, uh, I mean, you can pick and choose the positives. Well, very few positives there, but a lot of negatives with each one of those. And that's why Tennessee's where, where they're at at the moment. You know what? For sure, man. Now, let me, let me ask you a, a question. Moving forward, uh, realistic, do you see um, this time next year is Coach Steele, the head coach at the University of Tennessee? I really think that depends on how long – the punishment is for the Vols. Mm-hmm. I just, it's hard for me to imagine. Now let's hope this doesn't happen, but if Tennessee has multiple years of bowl ban, the roster is going to be devastated. I just don't know who walks into that. You know, it's got, it's going to be, it's, it'll have to be a proud Tennessee man. You know what? So maybe a shit. We just, what? We just came off a two year bowl ban. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we didn't get in this year. It was a free ticket right outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, so I don't. I mean, you talk to a Tennessee fan; they don't care about no bowls right now. They just want to win. They do want to win. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it's going to be a while before we're competing for the East. But I, I, here's the key to that question for me, Shane: What direction? If Kevin, I'm assuming Kevin Steele's going to be the head coach this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I've heard, you know, some of the names I've, I said, uh, all Twitter on fire here because I mentioned the name, Adam Gase. No, yeah. that is a name that I have heard along with, uh, Tom Herman and the guy that, uh, Alabama's about to hire Bill O'Brien. Th- those are the names that I've heard. Now, certainly I think the other two would be better than Gase. So, right. Those guys, those guys are available, so maybe those are the coaches. But if it's Kevin Steele, I think his fate is going to depend on the offense that he picks. Because I've got a lot of confidence in his, you know, his ability to coach defense and and pick a quality coordinator on that side of the ball. So 
to me, it's all about uh, the offense and, and the quarterback and if they make the right decision. Because in the end, hell, there's probably about 30 different podcasts of here on you crying about Jarrett Garantano. And that, I mean, say what you want. If had Jeremy Pruitt, you know, landed a different quarterback his first year and they had much success on that side of the ball, I don't think we're having this conversation we're having right now. I think it, it all goes back to what you said. I'm not suggesting that Tennessee would just certainly look the other way on all these violations, but I don't think it would have been brought to the attention of Tennessee and we wouldn't be where we are right now if uh, everybody there was was on board with the direction of the program. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's 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 all about the money. This is a billion dollar industry, so they're not going to shut it down for a little recruiting violation. So, <laughs> no. but but now that they've used that for a reason not to pay coach money, I mean, it's 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 got to get addressed. It's just how how extreme is it, you know? Because I guarantee there's there's you talk about phones ringing, man. There's a lot of phones ringing down there in Athens right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what's going to happen now? What's the you know what what the hell's going on in Knoxville? So, um, hell, didn't Fulmer get Alabama in trouble that one year? <laughs> <I mean, laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, that's one thing. You know, he's just going to shake up the whole conference before he leaves. So yeah, that's that's typical Fulmer. So, but anyway, man, I, I'm 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 not I'm not upset. I mean, I am upset because I. When we got all this positive stuff that was going, it just felt like, okay, you know, let's give it another shot. We're, we're you know, we we are going to have a new quarterback. We we got some of these guys buying back in, and, and and I was pumping myself up that this could be one of those, you know, us against the world tours for Coach uh, Pruitt. But mm-hmm. uh, we're not we're not going to get that. And you know, I've seen this movie too many times. It's going to get ugly. We're going to lose recruits. We're going to have some. We're going to have some shitty classes for a while, but you know, I've also seen, I mean, think about all the teams that have had bowl bands and then bounced right back. So I'm, I'm not going to get too disheartened, you know, cause we are going several, several years without a, without a winning season. So, I mean, you know what, it, we can only go up, Mike, you know, yeah. and this, maybe this starts the process. Like I said, on a recent show, I mean, kind of the writing was on the wall. Even if Pruitt, say he went six and six, seven and five, they mm-hmm. they probably fire him anyway. You know what I mean? He yeah. He was looking at a Will Muschamp scenario where he had to have an outstanding season just to just to make it, and it just didn't seem like everybody was aligned with his program, and and that was kind of the end for him. What's going to be interesting, man, is who they keep. Um, if still does come, you know, how does the offense look? Does does uh does uh Cheney stick around? You know, so, so questions like that that need to be answered. And you know, think what you, think what you want. You know, Nick Saban wasn't Alabama's first choice. That's something that Mark brought up. I thought that was awesome because you're right. You know, uh, that that story could have played out totally different. Who knows? We may be sitting on a diamond right here, and he just needs the right opportunity. He needs the right program. Like I said, this isn't Baylor. This is this is Tennessee and it's not going to be hard to land recruits up here. And, and if his philosophy works, if he's got somebody in place on the offensive side of the ball, like if we got a quarterback, if, if one of these, these cats decide to, to be the real deal, I mean, 
who knows what what we're talking about here in five six years? We we may be talking to we may not even be talking about Coach Pruitt. We'd be like, what's his name? That bald guy, you know? <laughs> so I mean, that's what we may be doing, and and that's what I hope for for the university because it has been a long time since '98, baby, and I'm ready to get these guys back in the top. Hmm. Well, all right, Shane. I think that's going to do it for this one. Unless you got anything before we hop off here, a lot of Tennessee talk. Get back to uh, regularly scheduled programming here, but uh, just huge news in the SEC. Just can't wait to see the chain of reaction that comes from this. I mean, just when the coaching carousel, you think it's done, it's spinning out of control once again. So really wanted to get our thoughts out on this hire. But uh, you got anything else before we hop off here? (laughs) No, but real quick, I was heading home uh, from work today. You know, I was, I was listening to everything, and I was listening to uh, uh, just the radio there, and they're talking about Pruitt. And all of a sudden, my phone rings, and it's my boss. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to get fired the same day Pruitt does. <laughs> but, but I left my coffee mug out there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I thought you were calling about. So. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so. But other than that, man, I, I'm – I'm good. A lot of people are wondering if I was, you know, jumping off the ledge or, uh, or celebrating. I, I'm just, I'm right in the middle, Mike, and uh, I'm eager for the next chapter of the University of Tennessee. I know it's going to be, it's going to feel like forever, uh, you know, till we start getting shit settled again. But uh, it will happen, and I think we'll be fine, man. Have you uh, signed up for any flight trackers or anything like that? No. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that because I, I truly believe that this is going to be an AD hire. We're going to keep still for a year and then see how that plays out. You know, that's that's a get-out-of-jail-free card for the next AD. So I can't see that getting crushed. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, one last thing here in relation to this. I really want to give this guy a shout-out. We'll, we'll tweet this out from the pod account, but uh, G-Man Vols. If you, oh, if you haven't seen yeah. it, he's tweeted out his, his latest masterpiece. This is one of the best follows on uh, Twitter here. But uh, he titled it, The Beacon is Lit 2021. It's uh, on Tennessee's <laughs> coaching search. But I recommend even uh, non-Tennessee fans will get a chuckle out of this one. It's quality stuff there. Yeah, real good stuff, man. Best, I thought the last one was good that he did. But <laughs> this one right here tops it. I mean, I... I think he's had this one saved for a while. <laughs> he's been tweaking on it for a few days. So. But it was awesome, man. Yeah, good follow on Twitter. All right, Chase. So that's going to do it. Hopefully uh, better news next time on the next episode. But uh, appreciate everybody hanging out. And uh, thank you, Shane, for joining me as always. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. <laughs> <laughs>